0: Good morning, everyone. This is Marty Duren, and you are listening to the 4th Estate Drive Time Podcast. Rolling up the back windows, coming to you live from I-40, headed into a beautiful day in Nashville, Tennessee, after a weekend of rain. But nothing like what's going on in Louisiana, if you're one of the folks who have not heard. uh, Substantial parts of several parishes underwater in one parish Uh, It looked like about 80%, maybe even 90% of the residents lost everything that they had. Uh, Many towns cut off from the outside, and there will be a lot of uh, rescue and repair going on still for the next few days. I don't know the forecast coming up, but they had uh, a lot of rain, uh, tons of flooding. So if you are the praying type, keep those folks in Louisiana in your prayers. And uh, if there's something that you can do giving to the Red Cross or to your local church to help out, then I encourage you to do that as well. To other news, the Military Times is reporting that the ISIS war has a new commander. Lieutenant General Stephen Townsend is the new commander for the, uh, I'll just refer to the Allied Forces, the Western Forces. The Forces of Civilization. Going up against ISIS, uh, interesting article. The it'll be linked in the episode notes if you want to take a look at the whole thing. Uh, what I like about it is it points out the complexity of what he's facing, not just with what we recognize as ISIS insurgency, but how Syria plays into it, how ISIS uh, ideology plays into it, uh, their positions on the ground, the battle for Mosul, and all these types of things. So, pretty interesting article if you want to know some more about this guy. Uh, Roundly approved as a great strategist, although his uh, job is going to be pretty difficult. That's Lieutenant General Stephen Townsend. If you missed it, this uh, this week or the end of last week, we're in the period that represents the 20-year anniversary of President Bill Clinton signing welfare reform into law. And as I was reviewing this in my head, it dawns on me that if things don't change, Not only will we in the future be referring to Bush 41 and Bush 43, but we'll be referring to Clinton 42 and Clinton 45. And the whole monarchy thing raises its head and just frustrates me to death. So, um, anyway, so 20 years out, reviewing welfare reform, uh, some criticisms. uh, Op-ed piece in the New York Times, Governor of Ohio John Kasich, former presidential aspirant himself, who was in the House at the time that welfare reform was passed. It was a bipartisan attempt to uh, get aid to the people who needed it and get job training to the people who needed it and uh, destroy what was at the time perceived a culture of dependency by limiting the amount of time that people could be on benefits, requiring different kinds of reporting in and things like that. His review after 20 years is that uh, welfare reform has not been successful. And he pins the problem, uh, he he points the finger primarily at um, the federal government meddling with the law after it had been passed. So, when the law was passed, there was a lot of flexibility given to the states to be able to tailor welfare reform to their specific state's needs. And then over time, the federal government uh, reached in and began to centralize parts of this, uh, to centralize, not decentralize, parts of this to where the states lost some of their autonomy in being able to make decisions. Now, uh, he glosses that; uh, it's a pretty, sta- uh, it's a generic statement, and I do not know the history behind the federal government's decision to re-intervene in that area. Uh, it could have been that some states. Weren't dispersing the money properly. It could have been that the federal government felt like state A, B, or C uh, had become too strict and gone against the heart uh, or the spirit of the law itself. I don't know. Just that welfare reform uh, from the Clinton years is not seen as a surpassing success. Uh, and he, and Kasich ends with this sentence, which I uh, or he he mentioned in the uh, in his op-ed that. The tweaking uh, treats an individual as a number, not a person, referring to the fact that the uh, the help can't be individualized because all that matters is the report. Uh, the number of people who get X or the number of people who no longer are getting Y is all that is concerned about, and so the people aren't treated like people. Uh, they're just treated like cattle. But he ends with this statement, He says, quote, improving welfare shouldn't be something that happens once in a lifetime, unquote. And I think that's a a good reminder. Even when we talk about uh, affordable health care or Obamacare, uh, people talk about repeal and replace. And maybe that is the only option. But my question for a while now has been if there are flaws, and obviously there are some problems with the insurance companies starting to bail now, Aetna being the last one. Uh, Why hasn't some tweaking already been done? It's been quite some time, and quite enough congressional time has passed for some tweaking to have taken place. And it just leads me to believe that uh, the ACA is a political football that the Democrats can hold on to as successful, and the Republicans can slam as not successful, and nobody really cares uh, to tweak it to make it more effective, to benefit, you know, somebody like, oh, we the people. Uh, I guess that would just be too much to ask from the Democrats and the Republicans. Uh, Interesting conversation with my wife yesterday um, based on the GOP nominee's um, changing of his position, or at least potential changing of his position. If you missed it over the weekend, uh, Mr. Trump told, uh, I think it was a Reuters interviewer, maybe Bloomberg, that uh, President Obama had deported uh, so many people and that he was going to have, he being himself, uh, was going to have, has such a big heart, and was going to show his big heart, and he was asked uh, about mass deportations, and he hesitated uh, and indicated that that would be changed and that there might not be mass deportations. His campaign, as well as one of his advisors, Senator Jeff Sessions, has indicated that that isn't necessarily the case, that there may still be, uh, quote-unquote, a deportation task force that gathers, uh, gathers up people who are in the country illegally, uh, they and their families or whoever, however it shakes out, and uh, puts them on a the bus back to Mexico or to the Philippines or to Canada or to Guatemala or wherever it is that they're from. So in the, the outflow of that conversation, Sonia and I were talking about um, Mr. Trump's assertion that Obama had deported so many people. And uh, I had read before that Obama, in the Obama administration more people had been deported than any other administration, so much so that he had been given the nickname Deporter-in-Chief by some people who are uh, more liberal on immigration than even Mr. Obama. So I did a little research, and part of the issue is in Obama's first term, uh, he was the administration was deporting many more people uh, than they have in his second term. If you look at the chart, it's pretty easy to tell that there was a certain level going on in his first four years, and then uh, it has dropped in his second four years. Now, the problem is there are a lot of nuances regarding deportation. Two of those nuances are... Uh, removal and return, remove or return. Uh, A person who has been returned to their country of origin is a person who's basically put on a bus or a plane and flown home or driven home, uh, or driven across the border at least. A person who is removed has gone through a legal process by which they're fingerprinted, their information is taken down, and we have a record of them being in the country illegally if they've committed a crime, we have a record of that. So, under President George W. Bush, there was a, a substantial amount of people who were returned, and a, and a number of people who were removed. Uh, under the Bush administration, excuse me, under the Obama administration, at least through the first four years, there was a decline of the number of people who had uh, been returned, but an increase in the number of people who had been removed now that's through his first four years i'm i'm just uh, telling you that recent reports say in his second four years that number is down there's a, a chart to the to an article in the new republic in the episode notes if you care to track this down there's a couple more articles there that i may not have time to talk about this morning um but the chart indicates interestingly enough that in the year 2000 of the the chart goes from 2000 to about 2011 or 12 in 2000, which would have been the last full year of Bill Clinton's presidency, was a tremendously higher number of, deport- uh, de- I'll just say deportations, those who were returned and those who were removed, and it dropped immediately upon Bush taking office. The year of Bush's re-election campaign, it increased, and then after his reelection campaign, it dropped steadily until Obama took office. And then the the returns and the removals kind of flip flopped, and Obama, according to this chart, uh, has had a, an increasing number of removals and a decreasing number of returns. I think I've gotten that right uh, through 2012 or 2013, and then of course the accusations that it has dropped off in his second year. Another thing, or second term, another thing that throws a uh, kind of throws a monkey wrench into trying to figure this out is uh, some. Some charts and some um, reports only deal with people who have committed crimes, so the deportation of criminals. And then there's a further breakdown of violent crime and nonviolent crime. So there's, there's all kinds of things that you can read a story, uh, or you can read two stories back to back. And if the writers aren't being careful with their, um, with their language, then you, can come, you could be led to believe in one story that Obama and or Bush had held exposition position on uh, deportation or immigration or whatever. And then you read another one, and it looks like the exact opposite thing. And part of the issue is the different ways, the different terminology that's used, and the different ways uh, that numbers are categorized in these reports. So it is a little bit more complex. Uh, I'll end with just this. Fox News reported in December of 2015 that Obama was getting heat from the Democrats because he was about to put a uh, deportation task force in place to remove entire families uh, who had deemed to be here illegally. Now, I think that's, uh, I don't know whether the task force ever went into place. He was getting a lot of flack from the, um, from the left. But I do think it's extraordinarily interesting That in December of last year, so we're talking about nine months ago, Obama was about to put into place uh, on a small scale exactly what Donald Trump uh, has been proposing on a nationwide scale. That is the mass deportation or the deportation of entire families who have been found to be here illegally, uh, or at least some members of the families, whatever. I'm speaking in broad terms here to make the point that uh, Obama was only doing what Trump has proposed just on a smaller scale. And yet, uh, Trump, Mr. Trump acts as if he's the only one who has ever done this or thought about doing it. And the Republicans go right along with it, many of them anyway, uh, in saying that Mr. Trump is the only person who can take care of this problem. So, uh, again, there's a lot of nuance in the immigration discussion especially as it regards um, uh, those who are being removed or returned back to their home countries. So there's some links to get you started. Uh, Interesting information there in the episode notes. I encourage you to take a look. Thanks again for listening. If you have an opportunity, uh, I would greatly appreciate a review or uh, a rating and or a rating in iTunes. It won't take you but just a second. Both are very important to help search results. And uh, if you can do that, that'd be awesome. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing via social media, Twitter uh, or Facebook or something like that, that's also very helpful. And uh, it encourages me to see new, uh, new downloads and increasing numbers and stuff like that. That makes it all worthwhile. So I hope you have a good day, or as I should say, I hope you have a fantastic day.